This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Yesterday in Toronto, there was a bit of an issue on the 401. On the 401, the 401, just a typical day on the 401. You never know in Ontario what you see on the 401. You know the saying, when life gives you apples, you make applesauce, Jim? Sure, yeah, yeah. Or is that lemons? And yeah, lemonade? I've heard similar ones. <laughs> Trailer of apples tumbled onto the 401 uh, yesterday, causing a major delay during morning rush hour. That was uh, the express lane, westbound express lane, just past Keel Street. The apples all over the road. Man. And, like, and I'm talking a lot of apples. <laughs> It was a there, truck full. There was no room in the truck. It wasn't like boxes of apples. Yeah, it was a truck full of apples. Oh yeah, yeah, with a tarp over with the tarp. Yeah. yeah, and it, it the side of the truck came uh, loose, and all the apples spilled out the side, oh, and they're boy. all over the place. Like they're they're scooping up the apples with a bulldozer. <laughs> It's weird. It looks like the, it, it, there's apples in there, and ironically, it looks like there was a can opener used to shred the side of the trailer. I wonder what they got caught on and then kept going because the, the 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 cut is all the length of the of like the forty foot trailer. Yeah, that's crazy. Apples everywhere. <laughs> Full closure of the express lanes yesterday for hours. The mess was cleaned up. Highway fully reopened around 10.30 a.m., which is perfect for people commuting to work. You know, great time for the highway to reopen. You get home or you get to work, it's almost lunch. You know, time for a lunch break. Here's the good part. No injuries were reported as a result of the collision, which makes sense because if one apple a day keeps the doctor away, you got to think a whole truckload, (laughs) you're going to be good. On the 401, the 401, just a typical day on the 401. Ontario, what you see on the 401? You've got a question. Ask a lawyer. Ask a lawyer. A question about custody or a neighbor. Ask a lawyer. Ask a lawyer. Ian Snedden, partner with Cohen Highly Lawyers, is in studio. Ready for your questions. 1-833-829-6546. That's one 1-833- Taz and Jim, if you have something you want to ask a lawyer, phone lines are open. We were talking about this earlier, Ian. There is a guy who has launched a lawsuit. Now, this is in the United States, but he is now suing Taco Bell because he claims that in the advertising, it looks like there's way more stuff in the tacos than when you go to Taco Bell and order it. So he's launched a class action lawsuit against Taco Bell for false advertising. You think he's got a shot? Well, I would say no, except uh, you may remember years ago, McDonald's got sued for someone who complained their coffee was too hot. And, Classic. Uh, yeah, yeah, spilled it all over. Yeah, no, I think they lost on appeal, but still, for for a while, they won a trial. So I, I would say no, but I would have said no to the McDonald's one, too. I think you know coffee's hot. So here's the, the, the legal... Um, issue would be uh well i'm not sure passing off it could be one of them if it's false advertising well that's not that's not really a tort though so Mm -hmm. a tort is a civil wrong so it has to fit in a category um i don't think so because you look at something i mean have you ever been to a sandals 
And have you seen the sandals commercials? They're not exactly the same. So. Word on sandals. I know Michael Scott loves sandals. <laughs> no, the sandals so is the much resort, than everything looks better in the commercial. It doesn't oh, matter totally, if it's yeah, a vacation yeah. destination. But right. everybody's life looks better on Instagram. Can That's I sue true. them? Can I sue everyone on Instagram? For making me they, jelly? They aren't as happy as they appear on their <laughs> on their uh, uh, their feed. Yeah, yeah so I, I don't think so. Hmm. All right. We, uh, we've got a call here. Hey, Taz and Jim, who's this? Uh, Chris. Chris, you are on the air. What is your question for Ian? I'm just wondering, like, let's say your wife kicks you out of the house. Are you still obligated to pay the mortgage and the bills if it's just for a short period of time, like, let's say a couple months? She kicks you out. She cranks up the AC. First thing. <laughs> now the bill opens the all roof. the windows and doors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you got kicked out, and we're not saying this happened to you, but if if you, a guy got kicked out of his house, shared both of your names is on the on the property mortgage. in this scenario. Yeah. Yep, okay. On the mortgage and all the bills. What are you obligated to pay if she demands you get out? You can't come back. So uh, legally, it would depend on what the mortgage is, but as um, as Taz was saying, if you're both on the mortgage, then the, the bank or the mortgage holder will say, no, you're both responsible. If you go to court, there is an argument to be made uh, for something called occupation rent, which isn't used a lot, but it basically says when somebody remains in the home, if you're married, so if you're married, you're equally entitled to be in the home, regardless of ownership. Okay. So she can't okay. say you can't come home that's up to you whether or not you listen to her if she says that. Because right. you're entitled to be in the home if you're paying for the home. The, gotcha. even, even if you're not paying for the home, if you're married, you're entitled to be in the home if it's a matrimonial home, subject to there being a restraining order or something like that. You're, you're entitled to be there. Um, but with occupation rent, the argument is not only is she using her own half of the house, she's also using his half of the house which you could rent out or something like that. So so that's where the occupation rent comes for. So what happens more often is that if someone takes over the home, they take over the bills as well because Makes the sense. other person's going to have to find an apartment or something. Yeah, like what, are you going to stock the fridge too and you're not living there? No. Yeah. Right, but it could be a really nice house, like really expensive house. Like let's say let's say you got a $900,000 home, right? Like, And then you got to go live in a one-bedroom apartment. You know what I mean? How is that fair? logical yeah she gets the she gets three floors to herself i guess it, it yeah. kind of depends why this hypothetical person got kicked out of the house to begin with i'm not sure whose side i am on because one this isn't a chris i'm on yours well, no, sight no, unseen. It's, it's, chris isn't saying this no, has happened to him yep. <laughs> just hypothetical he wants to kick somebody out of the house he wants to know if he has to pay for all the bills <laughs> do i have to pay for my own netflix account when my wife gets booted <laughs> Yeah, when the kid you have three kids, yeah, the Netflix account adds up. <laughs> okay, the kids are involved too. Does that make it more difficult, Ian? Well, y- yes, it can. So ordinarily, it used to be the case anyway that um, the terminology has changed, but it used to be called custody. Now it's decision-making power. And if somebody has the primary decision-making power, it's very unlikely a judge is going to move the kids. They're going to look at the best interests of the kids. So what works there? Uh, some people try uh, an arrangement where they move out mm-hmm. and the kids stay in the home. 
But this sounds like a temper in this situation. It's temporary. Like the the wife has kicked out the husband, but said you're welcome back in two or three months. Is that what you're saying here, Chris? I'm just saying like a d- domestic dispute, and you know you don't know where you stand, right? Like, yeah, okay. you know it's a temporary. Like you need to leave for you know two, three. We weeks. need some time apart to cool off. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Yeah, Chris, I, I think you do need to speak to a lawyer because there's so many potential issues involved. Uh, you know, why, uh, as Taz says, it's why someone is out of the home. If it's uh, um, if it's mutually decided upon or I don't know the scenario, who primarily raised the kids? If it was done equally, then, you know, uh, that's a different story than if, she was a primary caregiver. And if you want to move back in sooner than later, maybe stirring the pot more isn't the best move. Like, you know, yeah. paying 200 bucks for the, the, the utilities for a month or two months, is that the worst thing in the world if you want to get back in there? Yeah. Buy some flowers as well. Yeah, it, Apologize. It, def- <laughs> it definitely depends because the, the, um, the flip side to that is if someone is out of the home for so long and leaves the kids behind with – the other parent, then there could be an inference drawn that that parent that they've left, abandoned the family, or or at least don't object to her being the primary right. caregiver. So that's mm-hmm. why I say he needs to see a lawyer. Taz and Jim and Ian Snedden partnered with Cohen Highly Lawyers. It's Ask a Lawyer, Jim. We got a text question here for Ian. Yep. Hey guys, I lent an acquaintance of mine my vehicle the other day, and he totaled it. Uh oh. Thankfully, he is fine. No other car was involved. Before I lent him this, the car, I specifically asked him not to speed since it's an older model. The car had brand new tires on it. It was in great working order. That individual ended up rolling the car, and the only way that amount of damage could have been done, according to the service folks, is if he was driving as fast as the car could possibly go. Here's the thing. <laughs> because we came upon financial hard times recently, we only had liability insurance on the vehicle, and I'm wondering if this is something I could take to small claims, if he's unwilling to compensate me, or is that for us since we only had liability? So if you lend somebody your car, who has to pay if it gets in a, in a car crash? Is it under your insurance or is it under the driver's insurance? Do you know? Well, one, I may have missed this class in law school because I don't remember it coming up. But here's my thought. Yeah. So... Um, the uh, the fact is, as long as the person is is properly insured, whether or not he has collision or not, that's for his own error. But if another driver is negligent, then you could, in theory, sue in negligence. And I would think, you know, if the um, if the if he's related accurately, that the person was really driving as fast as he possibly could, and all that sort of thing, then he might be negligent. But it would be better to speak with a a personal injury lawyer on that, so maybe Matt Reinen from our firm. But small claims is an availability because small claims, uh, you know, when I started out as a lawyer, I think the maximum was about $5,000 you could claim, and now it's... Thirty-five uh, grand, isn't it? It's it's is up there, yeah, for sure. I wonder how much this car is even worth, though, because he did say it's an older model, well, so it's could, probably only worth five grand to begin with, depending on the model, of course. But but it's worth more to them because it was their vehicle to get around. Yeah, right? I know, but what would it be? It wouldn't be worth them. It'd be worth the market value, is what you would. That's be able to right. Get. The, the the judge would look at the fair market value of it. And now I think the fact that 
all he had was uh, liability insurance would suggest is not a Ferrari. Right. Hmm. Let, let me ask you this question. Jim and I, both of our cars are starting to fall apart. Yeah, yeah. If we lend each other our cars <laughs> and we each crash the other's car. Into each other. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the insurance company buy us new cars. <laughs> wait, wait, no, no. I have a better question. Okay. If a hailstorm comes, can I remove my car from the garage into the hailstorm, possibly drive a couple golf balls at it, at the side of, of it, or maybe at the top of the car? Well, I think that's, if you're driving golf balls at it, that's insurance fraud, and you're claiming it's hail, you can't yeah, do yeah, that. I, but if, I, you know, I think how that might know? apply to the first one, too. <laughs> <laughs> so... I think your insurance fraud scheme, I want nothing to do with it. Okay, okay. No comment. (laughs) If you've got a question for a lawyer you want to ask off of the radio, you can do it by contacting Cohen Hiley at CohenHiley.com. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. All right, we're talking about rapper Drake. He's getting increasingly larger bras thrown at him by fans. Started in New York, a woman threw a bra Drake noted that it was a 36G size, and uh, over the weekend in D.C., two bras were thrown on stage. One was an H cup, and the other was an L cup. Drake says, how many letters does it go up to? (laughs) And he's also skeptical that these aren't coming off ladies. People are just buying the biggest bras they can find and throwing them at them. Like you can buy a giant cowboy hat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh at one point in this very studio, we had an adult entertainer on our show. This is over a decade ago. And she had uh, double J's. Double J's. So, that, you know, consciously, that's the largest size I've ever seen. Double J's. And I was inspired by that experience. And I wrote a little song. goes like this. Double J's I could stare at you for days and days Giant airbags really do amaze Oh, I believe in double J's Suddenly Double D's aren't what they used to be Boobs that size just don't do it for me since I've seen double J's Motorboating them is great Remind me to come up for air Cause if not, I'll suffocate Double J's Nipples are the size of serving trays Bouncing to and fro in different ways Oh, I have seen double J's Imagine Drake did a remix of that. (laughs) 
Imagine, imagine the next Drake album has a song featuring Taz oh, from the Taz and Jim show. Make it happen. <laughs> Throw a bra on stage to get his attention. You know, they they uh, in the hip hop game they like to do the rapping with like a beautiful interlude of sure, music. Sure, yeah, yeah. And I could so I could sing the nice part, and Drake could do the rapping. Yeah. I, I was on stage the other day. Mm. A lady threw up a bra. Double J. Double J's. Uh. I could stare at you for days and days. Bounce, baby, bounce. <laughs> May have to pay some royalties to the Beatles. Yeah, we're all winning, though. <laughs> May have to. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web. Any size, catch your thieves just like flies. Look out, here comes a Spider-Man. In the dim of the night, at the scene the of a crime. Like a streak of light, he arrived just in time. Oh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can, <laughs> and then fade out. <laughs> All right. Congratulations on winning Game of Palooza this morning, Dorothy. Love it. Didn't know we had a ringer on our hands. Wow. Yeah, she was a fan. Uh, Spider-Man Day, 60 years ago, Spider-Man debuted in the comic books. And you can tell, like, it, both Jim and I made lists for the game we just played. And you can tell that you're you're a decade younger than I am, Jim, because uh, you got Venom, Carnage. Was that, like, the, the primo storyline when you were growing up? It was the symbiote stuff? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you walk into a comic book store when you're a kid and you see, like, Carnage and Venom next to a Spider-Man. Like, it's the coolest. It was the coolest thing when I was a kid. Todd McFarlane. Yeah. And basically, there was a pretty popular 90s cartoon that featured that prominently, right. that whole storyline. So I was really into that cartoon in the comics at the time. I, and they, But the worst part about the comics is there was like three different storylines going on at the same time. And I would do chores for my dad or my mom and I would like clean the shower or wash the trucks, like the construction equipment. And then I'd get on my bike and I'd bike downtown. And they had Spectacular Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, and then another. So there was so much to buy. Yeah. I blew all had, my money. And you had to because they'd always hook you because they'd have the asterisks. And they'd always reference something that happened yeah, in another yeah. one of the comics. And it'd be like in Spectacular Spider-Man 118. Mm-hmm. And then you'd have to go and buy that one. Yeah, so you yeah. could re- It was good marketing. They got you. They got you. Stan I blew a lot Lee of money. Stan was a genius. Yeah, I was more of the... The traditional rogues gallery, like Green Goblin, Hobgoblin. That was sure, that was a good sure. storyline. Kingpin. But you even have Gwen Stacy down there, which was I think was an easy storyline thing. Well, when I when I I'd get spare change and I would ride my bike, my mom wouldn't know, but I'd t- ride my BMX with my backpack and I'd have five dollars on me, and I would ride half an hour downtown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as like a, a eight or nine year old. <laughs> And I'd go to the comic book store, and the comics, I, I went, went for quantity, so they'd have the big boxes, and I would just get, like, the 25-cent older comics yeah, from, like, yeah. the 70s, 60s. Probably if I had kept them, they'd be worth money now. I know. My, my parents threw the all mine out when I went to... I think it, when I was in high school sometime, they threw them all out because I stopped reading them. But also flea markets, the Grand Bend flea market I used to go to, and there'd be boxes and boxes. Yeah, the best. And I'd get Spider-Man and Mad Magazine. That's the yeah, two yeah, things yeah. I would go home with. So good. Good times. But if everyone saved their comics, then they wouldn't be worth that much money, right? True. Happy birthday, Spider-Man. Time for sports with Devin Peacock. I want to see. 
Blue Jays. Some bad news. Bo Bichette got injured yesterday. Yes, uh, the extent of which we don't exactly know. He has some right knee discomfort. So that's what the team was calling it after the game uh, last night, which is good news because it's not a knee sprain. It's not a... Sounds like a bad seat on an airplane. Like <laughs> probably. Some, I've got I've got double knee discomfort always. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're Bo Bichette and you're right now the Blue Jays' best hitter, and like he's been their best hitter all season long, uh, you need him healthy. You need him in the lineup if you're going to make any noise in the playoffs. But also, it's uh, the worst timing possible because the Jays between now and you know dinner time at six p.m. they need to figure out. Is he okay? Is he someone who can play? Or do they need to replace him? Do they need to acquire a replacement for the playoffs? Because I am of the opinion they need to go for it. They've been linked to Teoscar Hernandez over the past 12 hours as a guy that they could be targeting in a trade. They, of course, traded him to Seattle in the offseason to get Eric Swanson. Now they have come to the, the realization, oh, we need some right-handed power. And mm-hmm. so uh, Teoscar could be coming back. He is a, a free agent at the end of the season. Seattle just traded their closer, so they appear to be in sell mode. And Seattle could make out like bandits right now because there's not a lot of teams selling. There's not a lot of teams selling bats. So whatever uh, they get for him could be a good return. But the Blue Jays need to look at this as the time is now. You've got a Baltimore Orioles team that is coming on real strong. They're leading the division right now, and they've got some prospects that are coming up. They, ha- they If you are a Blue Jays fan, I would be fearing the Orioles long-term over the next five seasons because they could really be preparing to make a huge run. So if you're the Orioles and the Blue Jays, and the Orioles aren't quite there yet, you got to be the Blue Jays and going for it right now. So you got to figure out, is Bo Bichette healthy? If he's not, get a replacement. But also, get someone like Teoscar Hernandez to solidify an offense that has really struggled this season. Also fan favorite. Absolutely. It would give, I think, a lift to the guys in the clubhouse, but also to the fan base. All right. Six o'clock, trade deadline. Dev says go for it, Blue Jays. Yesterday, I was picking up my six-year-old son from day camp. And as I was signing him out, the counselor said, I don't know if your son is into Pokemon or not, but we have made a decision that Pokemon cards are no longer allowed at camp for the rest of the wow. week. So I, I don't know exactly what happened, but there was a Pokemon-related incident. That is hilarious. <laughs> For 30 years, Pokemon has been banned in schoolyards and camps consistently. Yeah, you were you were like at the uh, the beginning of Pokemon. You would have been in elementary school, right? Yeah, when the games like first came out on Game Boy. And would you like if Pokemon cards were in the classroom? Would people argue over it? There was literally only one kid in our school who had poke in my grade who had Pokemon cards. Shout out to Patrick Kale. My buddy. The legend. The legend. So he would have like a full binder and whatever, and he'd have all those things. But not, nobody else really got into it, so it wasn't a big deal, I think, for kids. Because I was like grade 7, yeah. grade 8, a little a little old on the end of it. But there was like kids like grade 4 who were playing with it consistently. But it did get banned at the Catholic school. I'm assuming kids have been fighting over Pokemon cards. I know a couple weeks ago, uh, my son Grayson came home. He had tears in his eyes because his friend Ryan 
had traded him for one of his Pokemon cards, and uh, Grayson wanted it back. Uh-oh. And I said, well, did Ryan give you Pokemon cards? He's like, yeah, but I want mine back. I said, bud, life lesson. <laughs> you made the trade. Yeah. It's a done deal. The trade is made. Legally binding. Man. So that is a good lesson, though, because, like, you got to – Pokemon is all about trading. It used to happen with us with Pogs as well. You trade sure. Pogs a lot, and then somebody Baseball would always get Baseball cards, hockey cards, yeah. And somebody would us. always regret it. <laughs> Some, someone's kid, getting the short end of the stick. Some kids are good Every talkers. Deal. You know what I mean? Some kids are good at <laughs> manipulating and convincing, yeah, you know? Like, one time I traded a play, all my, my PlayStation 1 and all my games for a guy – to a guy with a Dreamcast – and the Dreamcast was a new thing, but he only had a couple games. And then as soon as we traded, the dream, they stopped making games for the Dreamcast. <laughs> he and I was like, read Why? an article. He knew it was coming. I know. And I had like 25, 30 games for PlayStation. And I had now I had three uh, games for the Dreamcast forever. But it, I, I used to make deals like that all the time as a kid and regret it. Did you cry? No. My dad wouldn't have cared either. <laughs> well, did you I was too him? afraid to tell my dad. Yeah. <laughs> so no Pokemon cards at camp for the rest of the week. Lesson learned. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Paul Rubens, the man who became Pee Wee Herman, has passed away at age 70. He posted an apology, a statement to his fans on social media before his passing. It said, please accept my apology for not going public with what I've been facing for the last six years. I've always felt a huge amount of love and respect from my friends, fans, and supporters. I have loved you all so much, and I enjoyed making art for you. Hmm. I don't think he owes us an explanation. It's a private battle. Keep it private if you want. Norm MacDonald kind of did the same thing, right? Yeah. His closest friends didn't know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do cancer. that. But if I was a if I was a celebrity, and then you make it public now, every time you meet somebody, they're gonna ask you about it, or mm -hmm. now it's the top of mind, and you'd rather them not think about that every time they meet you. Yeah, uh, six years. Paul Rubens had been battling cancer, and he finally lost that battle at age seventy. Warner Brothers is proud to present the story of a guy. Morning. I'm here. And his bike. James Bond kind of stuff. Together for the first time in their first big movie. I meant to do that. I say we kill it. Yeah! I say we let him go. <laughs> <laughs> Pee-wee Herman is Pee-wee Herman. Hello! <laughs> In Pee-wee's big adventure... Be sure and tell him Large Marge sent ya! <laughs> <laughs> what? One of my all-time favorite movies. I'm I'm gutted to hear Pee Wee is no longer with us. And also this morning, I'm feeling betrayed by Jim Kelly. You've never seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> I never have. No, it wasn't a movie that like came across my lap when I was growing up. It's you're you're the only one I know that really talks about it. I hear references every once in a while, Large Marge, all that stuff. But you in particular are the only person I know who really talks about. Brings it up on a regular basis. Once a month, I would say. Yeah, that, that movie was the the hardest. I the first time I've laughed so hard at a movie 
that I couldn't breathe. Like, I needed a timeout. Do you remember the scene? Or? Yeah, it was at the end of Pee-wee's Big Adventure when uh, Pee-wee has a movie based on his adventure, like a so, movie within a movie. Meta, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's like a, a studly dude playing Pee-wee. It's like this... <laughs> <laughs> this jacked guy in, in the gray suit with the red bow tie. Yeah, yeah. And Pee Wee takes his Dottie, his date to the drive in to see the movie. He's like, I'm in the movie. <laughs> and then Pee Wee walks out uh, and he's playing like a bellhop <laughs> in his own movie. He's not playing himself. And then they've dubbed his lines over. So when he leans into the, the paging Mr. Herman, <laughs> the voice is different. paging Mr. Herman. Yeah. Guess you had to be there. <laughs> it's the funniest <laughs> yeah, thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you need to watch Pee Wee's Big Adventure. The problem is now, it was such an original when it came out in the 80s, and Pee Wee's inspired generations now of artists, comedians to do things that are similar to what he did. That movie is is so iconic that hmm. people have borrowed from it. So you may not appreciate the originality uh, as much as you would have if you had seen it back when it came out. But still, it's worth watching. It's Tim Burton's first movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I haven't been avoiding it. I will watch it probably now, sooner than later. But it was it's weird because like in that movie trailer, it says Pee Wee Herman as Pee Wee Herman. I thought Pee Wee Herman was the guy. Like, I didn't think yeah. it was an actor playing Pee Wee Herman probably till I was like 18. You know what I mean? Because he was so that character... And I think he just, he was never seen in public not like that character. It was a pretty impressive feat. Yeah, he, he broke, he was a member of the Groundlings comedy troupe in the 1970s where he developed the character. He got an HBO special as Pee Wee, and then they gave him the movie, Big Adventure. Uh, sequel, Big Top Pee Wee in 1988, which is also a great movie. It's not as good, but mm -hmm. it, it, it's worth watching as well. And years later, uh, Judd Apatow put out a movie with Pee Wee, Pee Wee's Big Holiday on Netflix. Oh, so there, yeah. there is a third one, uh, but he was in other movies. Uh, uh, Paul Rubens played uh, uh, the Penguin's dad in Batman Returns. Danny okay. DeVito's dad. Okay. Start of the movie. He was in Buffy the Vampire Pyre Slayer, the movie. Uh, Mystery Men, Blow. Yeah, he was great that. in Blow with, yeah. uh, with Johnny Depp. And he was one of the voices in The Nightmare Before Christmas. So mm -hmm. he did do other stuff, but there's no question. He was Pee Wee Herman. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Paul Rubens passing away. Uh, Boss Brad. Look at this. Boss Brad, a big blow guy, apparently. What? <laughs> he says, don't forget how good Paul Rubens was in the movie Blow. Ah, okay. We must... <laughs> We mentioned uh, Mystery Men earlier, too, and he's yeah. the stinkiest superhero. The spleen. Yeah. I thought that was funny, too. That movie I thought was good. I only watched it once when I was a kid, but I liked it. Yeah. He uh, he was in a couple other movies, but he'll be remembered as Pee-wee for sure. Apparently, when he was in The Groundlings, that's where he developed the character... Uh, Pee Wee Herman, which is a sketch comedy, improv comedy group. Apparently he had dozens and dozens of other hilarious characters. There's been like interviews of his uh, Groundlings castmates saying Paul Rubens was an absolute genius. And for whatever reason, though, once he hit that Pee Wee Herman character, he, they knew he had struck gold. But he had dozens. Like he should have been on SNL. He had so many great characters, but he just stuck with the Pee Wee Herman one. All time great. 
Yeah, Pee Wee Herman, a little red bow tie. I'm kicking myself. Remember they uh, they did a screening of Pee Wee's Big Adventure in 2019 in Detroit, and I I had it pulled up here and I was looking at ticket prices. We were in the studio, Jim. Do you remember me doing this? Not specifically this one. No. So you could buy VIP packages. You go see the movie. You get to meet. Paul Rubens, and this would have been, so he battled cancer for six years. This this may have been the reason he did this, went across the United States and did screenings of Pee-wee's Big Adventure. He may have known that uh, maybe one of his last opportunities mm. to engage with fans like this, but I had it in the cart, was ready. I think it was like 900 bucks or something. Whoa. But you got a signed poster. You got to meet uh, Pee-wee Herman. You got to watch the movie with him, Q&A. Hopefully not right next to him. <laughs> yeah. Wear a raincoat. <laughs> You're bumping my elbow, dog. He, he, uh, he always maintained his innocence. Sure, sure. <laughs> the other thing, okay, let's go back to that, that movie theater incident okay. with, where Paul Rubens got arrested in the early 90s for uh, allegedly a lewd sexual act in a pornographic movie theater. Is there anyone in a pornographic movie theater who would be shocked that there was somebody exposing themselves in a pornographic movie theater? Yeah, that's this thing. Isn't there an unwritten code for people who are going to see a porno in a movie theater that there might be some of that going on in there? So you're telling me there are people who go to porno theaters and just sit there for an hour (laughs) and a half? I don't buy it. Same with Fred Willard. Poor, sweet Fred Willard, (laughs) who also got busted doing the same thing. And it's still weird and gross. But, I mean, in context, it makes sense in the theater you're at. And I don't want to make excuses. I don't know what what happened with Paul Rubens in that movie theater. I, I, I don't know. But it happened in Sarasota, Florida, which is where he's from. So there's a chance he was at home visiting his family. And he had gone a couple days without... You know, and he needed a release. Sure. <laughs> and they didn't have the internet back then. <laughs> and they'd say, hey, Paul, what are you doing in the shower yeah. for 40 minutes? Nowadays, you just tap into the Wi-Fi and yeah. you lock the bathroom door. And- sure. I just grab my phone and go to the cornfield. and <laughs> When you're back home send in it Mitchell, back to Ontario. Nature. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gross. That'll be the last time I eat corn. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there's a chance that he was just backed up because he was at home visiting his family and needed to get it out of the system. Imagine going into one of those theaters, the porno theater, and then walking by a guy and being like, excuse me, sir, put that thing away. I came here for just a What was an undercover cop? Was it? It was an undercover cop who was in the theater. Well, he's in there looking for people whipping it out. was a sting operation. Sounds like a pretty opportune time to be an <laughs> undercover cop. Hmm. Yeah. Anyways, this is, a, this is a cautionary. I'm not defending Paul. No, it's also again, an awkward we, conversation. We don't know what happened exactly. He maintained his innocence. But at the same time, if, uh, if that happened nowadays, I don't think it would be the scandal that it was back in the 90s. But when your name's Pee-wee and you get busted <laughs> doing that, though... It's always funny. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he thought it was funny. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Jim, are you a Taco Bell guy? Not necessarily. I'll have it in a pinch, but it's not my go-to. I have never had Taco Bell, so hmm. we're going to need your expertise on this. Oh, boy. Do you feel you, you get what you pay for when you go to Taco Bell? 
Yeah, it's, it was dirt cheap in college, I remember. Okay. I'm asking because Taco Bell is being sued in the U.S. for false advertising for misrepresenting the amount of filling in crunch wraps, Mexican pizzas, and other items. Huh. Is this one of those things where the commercials make it look like there's so much more beef in it, and then you chew it and there's nothing in there? Yeah. So I'm going to spin. These are pictures that have been included in the lawsuit. So there's an advertisement for the Crunch Wrap Supreme. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's a picture of the actual Crunch Wrap Supreme. And there's no question the advertisement yeah. looks like it has way more stuff in it. Is that a bad example of a Crunch Wrap Supreme, though? That looks like on the lower end. I, I could be wrong, but yeah, that's like that's like a, a, a high school student doing the bare minimum and somebody took a picture of it. Sometimes you get a good one. Sometimes you don't. It's like yeah. you go to any fast food restaurant. Sometimes they, they load up the toppings. Yeah, Other yeah. times they skimp. Even it, in it nature. It depends who's working. Even in nature. You get a bad apple and a good apple in the same bunch sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? But the, the, the ridiculous, the one on the left is certainly it has never looked like that in real life. And look at the Grande Crunch Wrap. That thing, it's got two layers of beef with cheese and another yeah. tortilla in, the, in between. And over here, you can't even tell what that slop is. That is a whole job, and it's, it looks nothing like it would in real life. It kind of, at least, it does show you what's inside it. Kind of. I don't see any red peppers. Where are the red peppers at? But that, have you ever watched a video of somebody who whose job it is to do a photo shoot for for fast food? Yeah, they will literally glue the sesame seeds on individually to the bun to make sure it's right. perfect. Yeah, a lot the of a lot of go. times they're not even using the a- actual food they're using stuff that looks like yeah. food and to make watch, it look as tasty as possible if you see a stacked burger in one of these photos it's it always has a piece of cardboard in between to keep them like leveled and, and separated the plaintiff says in the suit taco bell overstates the amount of beef and other ingredients by at least double <laughs> He argues that false advertising is especially concerning now because of inflation, saying the promise of large portion portions leads low-income customers to choose Taco Bell over restaurants that more accurately depict the portions that are served. I've never seen a restaurant do it right, though. <laughs> like if you look at if you look at any fast food restaurant with burgers, you would have to unhinge your jaw like a snake to even get that thing in there. The guy who's suing Taco Bell also has some other lawsuits in the works. Uh, he's got pending suits against McDonald's and Wendy's <laughs> over their, their burger sizes. Yeah, yeah. Taking it very personally. But, you know, maybe there is something there. Like it he should, went to it mediation should... with Burger King as well. The so, king is there? <laughs> he's found his niche. He's, yeah. he's suing them all. He has a point, but he obviously is an opportunist. <laughs> Yeah, class action though. So if you feel mm. like you like you've ever you haven't got enough beef in one of your tacos, then uh, maybe hit him up. Hit this guy up. <laughs> Looking for more beef in my taco. Make sure you make sure you message the right guy. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim podcast. Yesterday, the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, was in Hamilton, Ontario, and he was there for a good reason. He was making an announcement. Uh, they're spending $64 million, federal government and the city, to build and repair 214 homes in the Hamilton area. The announcement was a little overshadowed, though, 
because Trudeau had a Band-Aid on his forehead. <laughs> that is the, that's the headline, not the announcement. It's yeah. Justin Trudeau spotted with Band-Aid on his forehead in Hamilton. <laughs> and he it's right in the center of his forehead. Uh, allegedly, he was playing with his kids over the weekend and he bumped his head. I've been there. It happens. My uh, three-year-old daughter, Amelia, has discovered that headbutting doesn't hurt that much oh, if you are wow. the headbutter. <laughs> so she, she's been smashing into me on purpose. Oh, kids will. It's just, it's just the placement of his Band-Aid. Like, it's directly in this. It could not be more symmetrical in the center of his. Like, at what point is it better just to not wear a Band-Aid? At what yeah. point is it less distracting? Well, if if he had a red dot in that location, uh, it wouldn't be a good look given his past with dressing up. Yeah, Halloween's he, two months <laughs> away, buddy. I, I, Trudeau wouldn't want people think he was wearing a bindi, <laughs> so he, he covered up the uh, the cut with a uh, with a bandaid. You know, someone who got a close look at it. When we were talking to this guy yesterday, our buddy Dylan. Works with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. He's the equipment guy, and he was celebrating his birthday yesterday. I thought the highlight of his birthday was going to be talking to us on the radio, but he was hanging out with Justin Trudeau yesterday. How are you, Dylan? I'm excellent. How are you guys doing this morning? Good. Quite the birthday you had, huh? Yeah, it's, you know, it started off uh, yesterday with uh, four police cruisers coming down my street, and then, what? and then later, and then later on during the day, I uh, I found out that that the prime minister was in town, as he mentioned. Uh, so I decided, hey, let's go up and meet him. And uh, so, uh, so uh, yeah, he handed me a book to call it Hand Delivered. Now the four police cruisers, they weren't coming down your street uh, to issue a, a restraining order from Richard Gere, were they? <laughs> no, 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 no. On Taz's birthday, the police cruisers are taking him home. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's the day after my yeah. birthday. <laughs> uh, Dylan is a, a legend in Hamilton. If you don't know Dylan, you got to meet him at some point. He basically knows all the Toronto Maple Leafs. He is. He's the. Yep. He's the de facto uh, unofficial mayor. Of the hammer. So I'm glad you had a good birthday. How distracting was it talking to the prime minister, though, with that Band-Aid on his head? Um, I, w- I was, ju- you know, I was just on the zone. I uh, I just, it was a quick hello, and I told him, Oski Wee Wee, he's actually, uh, he's actually a big Montreal Alouettes fan, so I said, we're going to get a big W this week against the Owls. Attaboy. You gave him the Oski Wee Wee? I gave him the Oh, TV. nice. And you stayed in the zone. You got to stay focused. Don't look at the Band-Aid. Yeah. Don't look Eyebrows at the Band-Aid. <laughs> Don't look at the Band-Aid. what's your emergency? Ah, I'm on a cruise ship. Ah, there was an explosion. Oh, my God, the ship is sinking. I can't get out. There's water everywhere. We're going down. I've got a lock on your location. Stay with me. Hello? Are you there? Help is on the way. Angela Bassett and Peter Krause return in an all-new season of 911 on a new night. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.